Welcome back to 20s and where to find them. I'm G. And I'm Lena. And this is a podcast about navigating the best and the worst period of your life. Your 20s. Join us as we discuss personal stories, lived experiences, and chat to you and others about this wild part of life. Woo! (laughs) Hello! Hello! (laughs) Welcome to another episode of 20s and where to find them. And welcome to April. Yay, new month. Woo. Um, how you been? I've been okay. How have you been? Yeah, pretty good. It's um it's like the first day in Melbourne that's been proper cold. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm not a cold weather person, but I'm a seasons change person. <laughs> so when the seasons change and you can like pull on some new clothes, pull out the jackets, the jeans, the turtleneck. I'm kind of a I get a little I think I'm the same as you. Yeah. I had like had a little on the way here, just on the way to the bus stop. I had this like really nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like a crisp autumn morning. Mm. And I was like, oh, I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but watch me in like two months be like, it's fucking cold. I want summer. <laughs> same though. Yeah, same. But I've decided not to fully commit as much as you to the winter attire today. I'm still mm-hmm. wearing like a nice... Wintry dress, but yeah. no tights. Ah, very autumnal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. What was your highlight of the week then? Um, my highlight of the week was that for the first time in a long time, I got to work from home on Wednesday and Thursday because of parent-teacher interviews mm-hmm. because they're over Zoom. Mm. Um, so that was really, really nice. And in that same vein, my low light was parent-teacher interviews. <laughs> 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 um just because I forgot how much my brain hurts from staring at a screen yeah. for seven hours. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like uh, a lot of talking as well. And I'm sure like, I don't know, I've never done a parent-teacher interview, but I feel like it's a lot of like opening with the same kind of way and then like 15 minutes or mm-hmm. however long they go for and then like, okay, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the first time this year, I actually had – naughty students come to parent-teacher interviews so it spiced up the conversation a little bit rather than the continuous yes your child is brilliant they are great (laughs) they're fine (laughs) right then yeah what about you it's been a very social week at work um we've just had like a few of our team members at work interstate have been down so we had like a team dinner and drinks um and then while our branch manager is finishing up so we had like a farewell lunch for him yesterday so um the highlight was just like a bit of yeah similar kind of thing like a bit of change in the routine like doing a few things a bit different and um like I really luckily like all of my co-workers so it's nice to sort of have a excuse to have social time with people I work with as well which yeah is nice. that is nice mm. yeah low light it's been really dark in the mornings right yeah I woke up this morning <laughs> and I was like it's seven ten, and it's still dark outside yeah I'm ready for daylight savings yeah tomorrow yep so in Melbourne um we're still on summer daylight savings but we're at that like a really shit two weeks where it is going to change to be like winter, so it's going to be dark at night time, but it means the mornings are so dark because the sun is coming up so late. So, yeah, mm-hmm. my alarm goes off at like quarter to seven or and I snooze it all the way till seven and it's still freaking like dark, um, which just makes it hard to get out of bed. Yes. So I hate that. I hate that mm. too. So today we're talking about something that G and I really, really love and enjoy and I think 
is part of our identity and that's traveling and the best places that we've traveled our travel stories and also our tips for any new travelers or any seasoned travelers that want to add to their little collection of tips that they've already got going Mm. and Len is about to jet off on a little holiday again as well so like it's a nice um timely reminder yeah i think so <laughs> i don't know it just fits in <laughs> the theme of our lives at the moment that's right <laughs> jeez i guess i'll just do like a little a little introduction overview story first um and just say like i feel so lucky and privileged that particularly in my early 20s while i was studying um, my undergrad i was really fortunate to be able to do a lot of travel we had the university I was at had a really long winter break as well as a really long summer break. So it meant usually in the middle of the year, particularly because I often did subjects that didn't have exams, I would often have anywhere between like 12 to eight weeks off in the middle of the year as well. Um, and I really utilised that to go overseas and do quite a lot of trips without having, I guess, that like commitment back home. And I also similarly was like very lucky in the fact that I was receiving some money from the school I was at doing my undergrad at and I didn't have to put that towards my uh, fees. So I was able to have a little bit of extra cash oh, to, nice. to do some travel, which is which is something that's really important. But I guess I just wanted to like acknowledge that travel can be like less accessible for people, um, particularly if you're like in your early 20s and you haven't worked before. Uh, and things like that but I think also so worth spending money on like if you're going to spend money on anything in your early 20s and you have that luxury travel is so worth it meeting new people doing new things seeing new places and new perspectives is just like something it's like a cliche but it's just something that makes you richer like yeah I agree yeah and I think I did read um and sorry, going on a bit of a tangent, but did read uh, this like advice from a psychologist as well about like things that make you happy. And I think in terms of when it comes to money, like you can buy a new car or a new TV or something and you might feel happy and that might bring you joy for like while you're thinking about buying it and then maybe like the first like couple of weeks that you have it. But then it gets really old and it gets routine and it's always there and you're like, oh, this is my car. I'm just driving to work or whatever. And it becomes the same and it loses that like ability to bring you fresh joy. But when we travel or do experiences, because your brain doesn't have enough time to make them routine and make them part of your like everyday life and get bored of them, um, they will always bring you joy because you, you will sit and think about a holiday and it, it brings you joy. And you'll be in the holiday and hopefully it's bringing you joy because it's new and novel. And I thought that was really cool and yeah. way to think about it as well. Anyway, with that said, <laughs> I thought I would share like one fun travel story mm-hmm. and then one that I definitely like learnt <laughs> lessons <laughs> from. <laughs> yep, go on. But I wanna, I'll open with the fun one. So in 2018, I did a big stint in Europe and I was lucky that this was... The second time I'd gone to Europe as a young adult, so I decided to go somewhere a little bit different from sort of your mainstream, like France, Italy kind of thing that I did the first time I was there. Um, So I actually went and did a trip through Scandinavia and um, I did it with Top Deck, uh, which is like a tour company, Australian. Usually the downside of those trips is you end up with a lot of other Australians, (laughs) 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 which like isn't a bad thing, but also like when you're 
on the other side of the world, it can be kind of weird to just be still talking to a lot of people that have the same kind of experiences and context as you. Um, but anyway, this was like a camping tr- style trip where we basically started at the bottom of Scandinavia in like Denmark and then made our way all the way up to the top of Norway and then came back down through Finland and into Estonia, which is really cool. So quite like different from your standard Europe adventure, but so beautiful. It was summertime. I didn't see darkness for 10 days, which was amazing. Like that's something we'll never experience here. Mm. And um, we went on this hike where we started at 9 p.m. and we got back at like 2 a.m. And that was the first night that we had seen no darkness and it was really disconcerting because we like started at nine I'm like oh my god is it gonna get dark and then it kind of like got like twilighty and then it never got darker than twilight (laughs) so I have these like beautiful photos on top of this mountain where it looks like it's sunset but it actually just stayed like that basically all night and so it looked like you had this endless sunset and that was like 11 p.m at night and it's still like kind of a fun story maybe a little bit annoying (laughs) at times to like pull out the photo and like be like oh what time of day do you think this is because like when you've not um seen that before it feels like you're like oh it'd be like I don't know like 6 p.m maybe 9 p.m if it's like summer but yeah it just had this beautiful endless sunset what a great conversation started that is. Yeah. Just pull out your phone and be like, guess what time of day <laughs> this photo was taken. <laughs> yeah. So I really, yeah, I loved it there and would recommend. And then sort of in conclusion to that story, like I said, there was a lot of Australians and I actually met one of my really close friends because she was in that group and we uh, sat down and we're just like talking about where we're all from and stuff. And then it turned out she lived like 20 minutes from my house, which is pretty cool as well. Like I met... Yeah, one of my close friends on literally like the furthest point I've ever been from my house and she lived 20 minutes away Um, and we're still really good friends now, which is funny. And the way we worked out that we were close in location together was (laughs) she asked me where I was working and I told her the place I was working at the time, which was a sports (laughs) centre. And then she was like, hmm, yeah, I know that place. And I was like, oh yeah, you look like a bit suspicious about why you know that place. And she was like, oh yeah, I just, you know, I had sex on your staff room table. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> Lena is freaking out because I think she also worked at the same place. But um, it was really funny. And then that like kind of got us talking and it got us becoming friends. And it was like a funny way to connect where we were back home and where we'd grown up Um on literally the other side of the world. And it was also like, I don't know about you, but I'm like a sucker for like a a shocking story. (laughs) And it really got me hooked in. And then we um, like became good friends from that moment on. Um, And that was really cool. That is a very (laughs) cute story. That's a good travel story. Mm. Well, since you'd had a little pre-story to your story, I thought I'd say that I've grown up with traveling so much so since I was like, Mm. I think traveling is a big big part of my family and we've traveled around together as a family as well as moved around a lot and I guess I've continued that pattern since being out of high school and so sometimes it baffles me that people just don't have that same passion for traveling yeah I feel like you are quite a global citizen (laughs) 
<laughs> like you, you were born and then lived in so many different places as a kid, which is so cool. Yeah. I mean, back then I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> um, but now I see so much value in it and I've mm. had so many life experiences because of it and I feel like a better person. But my story takes place in Bolivia. Ooh. So I remember booking my trip with Intrepid, which is another tour company here mm. in Australia which is very good. They offer a wide range of trips around the world. And because South America, I wasn't too sure about it. I was like, I'll just book a tour with them and go traveling around with them. And we were in La Paz and we all decided as a group to do Death Road Mm. on our bikes. Mm -hmm. So mountain biking down Death Road. And Death Road, if you haven't heard of it, is one of the most dangerous roads in the world that used to be the only road where cars could go um, from one place to another. And they've made it a mountain bike track now Um, but it's still very dangerous because if you veer too quick or too late you will fall down the mountain (laughs) and die and funnily enough but not funnily enough a person did die on the trip after us so it happens often and you know you do sign your life away but at the time we were there there was a lot of protests with miners and dynamites things were being put on the road and so after we had done the mountain bike trek and everyone had survived we were taken to this like nice chill out area where we could go swimming have some food um, and it was nice and relaxing and then the guys that were driving the van were like everybody get in the car now 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 we gotta go (laughs) and the reason we had to go was because the police was closing down roads um, where these miners had put dynamite oh my god <laughs> so they were trying to get everybody out of that specific area so that they wouldn't blow up <laughs> and in order to get back to where we needed to go we need to go back up death road which wasn't part of the plan <laughs> and that was scarier than actually mountain biking was it in a car yeah oh. <laughs> it was like in a little van and the road is small like it, there's not a lot of width to it mm. so if there's another car coming down which usually there's not not many people use that road anymore mm. um but you like i had a window seat <gasps> next to the, like the cliff edge <laughs> and i was like <laughs> This is how I die. This is this is where I'm going to die. I thought I'd die on the bike, but no, no, no. This is where I die. The whole van is just going to tip over. Yeah, it was a it was a near death experience. <laughs> but you know what? We survived and we've lived to tell the tale. And here I am today. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. I feel like I don't know if anyone has watched uh, Hamish and Andy's Gap Year um, series, the Australian comedians and. I think when we were like still in high school, so it would have probably been like more than 10 years ago now, they did like a bunch of TV shows where they just basically went traveling and did like really stupid shit. And I feel like there's definitely a clip of them in car on death road and like literally just like shitting themselves with the same thing. So that's all I'm thinking of. Yeah. And like, (laughs) it's not a normal mountain biking experience. Like you are fully geared up. Like you are wearing like the suit you are wearing the big ass motorbike helmet. You are mm. wearing the gloves. And some people were speeding down. I think I was part of the faster people. I wasn't in the front, but I yeah. was like near the front. So mm. I was going quite fast and I was like, I need to slow down, but I'm scared to slow down because if I press my brakes, then I'm going to die. <laughs> and I did skid at one point. I did fall over, but just not near the cliff edge. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah. Nah. I think I'm with you though. The bikes sound less scary than the car because I feel like at least a bike is small. Like maybe you can just like ride right away from the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like a car, like I'm imagining it has to like drive in one part of the road and 
that. Yeah. No. <laughs> and like it's not it's not a smooth road either. It's like <laughs> gravel, which is makes it even harder. So when you're braking and veering your bike, you can skid really mm. quickly because it's dusty and gravelly and yeah. Yeah, but you know what? If you are an adrenaline junkie <laughs> like me, I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, my second story isn't uh, as death-defying <laughs> as yours, but uh, it is like more um, like a, a, a tale of what not to do <laughs> when you're travelling. If you want to avoid spending extra money or extra stress um, or just generally feeling sorry for yourself. Um, so I, also the same year but different part of the same trip, I was in Lisbon. I met a friend over there that I knew from Australia. We spent a few days together exploring and then we were both um, going our separate ways at the end of our days together. So he was going and catching a bus to like another part of Portugal and I was catching a flight to fly to Berlin. Um, and <laughs> the night before was the night of the World Cup. And we weren't even in a country that had a team in the <laughs> finals. Like, I think that year was France and Croatia. But, like, it's Europe. There's, like, a lot of hype. Everyone loves soccer or football. And... um we were like, okay, like we want to watch it. Like we'd watched a couple of other games that had been like a big screen set up in near where we were staying. And we'd gone out on like a day trip um, and then the game was starting. And originally we were going to come back and watch it near um, where we were staying in the big screen. But with time sort of caught up to us and we ended up in a small pub near uh, where we were on that day trip. Anyway, we were like watching the game just chatting to ourselves, having like a couple of drinks. And then it got kind of bit boring. Like I think it, France was just like kicking Croatia's ass and we we're like, oh, whatever, don't really care. And then so we started talking to some other people in the bar and we made friends with this like really lovely British couple, made friends with this guy who was um <laughs> actually really, really wealthy and buying us drinks. And then we talked to him a bit more. And then when we left the bar, we realised that he was like one of the original developers of Facebook. <laughs> Which is just like kind of like a wild sub story. Um, but he was, yeah, just like holidaying with his family and had a lot of money and was just like wanted to watch the World Cup without them. And then so, yeah, it was just like buying us all drinks to be friendly. And so we were already quite like merry as we were leaving after the World Cup had finished. And these were getting on super well with this English couple. And we're like, OK, like, let's like go back to Lisbon together on the train and then, like, let's meet up again in, like, two hours and, like, have another couple of drinks and just, like, have a fun time. And then we were like, yeah, that sounds fun. So we go back, have, like, a little bit of a nap, have a shower. And then we go out to dinner um, and for some reason order a bottle of wine. And I'm like, this friend that I was with, he likes to drink a lot. He can drink far more alcohol than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I probably should have stopped drinking once we'd had the wine at dinner. But then like, we made friends with the waitress. She brings us like a limoncello shot as well. Um, and then we go out and meet this British couple again. And for some reason, I decided to just keep drinking. Then I remember less of the evening and then go back to a hostel eventually. It wasn't even like that late, but I had to get up. I was like, okay, I have to get up to catch this flight at like, my flight was leaving at 7 a.m. And they're like, I need to be at the airport at like 5. Need to set my alarm for like 4.30. It was pretty close to the airport. I'm getting a taxi, whatever. And I was like, 
okay, like, I know I'm pretty drunk. No, it's pretty late, but like, I'll hear my alarm. Like, I wake up all the time early. Like, it'll be fine. I might feel a bit shit tomorrow, but like, I'll make it. I'll sleep on the plane, whatever. Traveling, you know, young. See, what's kind of what, you know, you think you can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go to bed. Turns out I must have probably been drunker than I thought I was. <laughs> because the next thing I know, I wake up and it's 7 a.m. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, this is I'm supposed to be on my flight right now. And I wake up, my friend wakes up and he's like, why are you here? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be in Berlin? And I was like, mm-hmm, I know. I don't want to hear about it from you. Be quiet. <laughs> I am thinking about what to do next. And he's like, okay, well, I have to catch a bus and then he was like very half-heartedly like, do you want me to stay with you? Like, will you be okay? And I was like, ah, I'll be fine. Like, go. And then he leaves. And then I'm like, oh, I gotta like work this out. I get to the airport. I like know that I've obviously like, missed my flight, but I get there. I'm like, oh, can I go on like another one? Like want a direct flight, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, or do you have checked bags? And I was like, yes and they're like we can't put you on the direct flight then because like you need to check in like now and like board but we wouldn't have time to put your luggage on and I was like okay and I'm just like getting like a bit upset and like Mm. stressed out (laughs) anyway it was fine I got a flight but the moral of the story was it just cost me like extra money that like you know you're already like on a bit of a tight budget you don't really want to spend money on another flight when you've already paid for one and it also just like cost me time. Like I just, instead of spending a day in Berlin with my friends, I spent a day in airports getting a, not a direct flight, getting a flight from Lisbon to Frankfurt and then waiting again for another flight. Um, and just like my day was quite long and <laughs> less interesting than I would have liked. Um, so I guess like the moral of the story is have fun, but have moderate amount of fun. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to catch a flight the next day. Don't think that you're superhuman and that you'll just hear alarms when you're very asleep and probably very drunk. But it's the way it goes, isn't it? Like, yeah. I was the same in Lisbon. I was like, I'm going to party it up mm-hmm. every night and I don't care that I have to get a flight at three yeah. o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm just not going to sleep. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in hindsight, I shouldn't have slept. I should have I just think you shouldn't have slept. Just <laughs> powered through, <laughs> and then I wouldn't have missed my flight. Yeah, me and another girl just didn't sleep. We were like, yeah, yeah we have a flight to catch at this time. We'll grab a taxi at 3 a.m. Yeah. So maybe there are two lessons there. Either don't sleep at all <laughs> or sleep properly. <laughs> you can Don't pick, do the in-between. <laughs> yeah, pick who you want to be. I won't judge you either way, but just don't mess it up. My second one is also in Lisbon, mm-hmm. funnily enough. Um, and i got to say, Lisbon is probably in my top places I've ever visited I had the best time while I was in Lisbon just last year actually and I'd met a wonderful bunch of people and we'd gone to that street in Lisbon where you go to the bars and you just bar hop and Mm -hmm. get free shots and blah 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 and we randomly all decided let's get tattoos tomorrow morning (laughs) and so morning of we looked up a couple of places and one we were like oh they've got really good reviews so we made our way and Maps was taking us down these like really dodgy streets Mm. and Lisbon is not in a grid form, so it can be a bit confusing, but we end up finding this place hidden behind buildings in these like intricate alleys Mm. and it's closed, but there's no sign that it says that this is the place. Mm -hmm. There's like bars on it. So we're very confused. And then out of nowhere, we hear this voice and we're like, what? Hello? And this man is like, hello? And so we're like, hello? (laughs) Hello. And it just keeps going like that back and forth for a good five minutes. 
and we just don't know where to look. We're like, where is this voice coming from? And we suspect it's coming from above, but when we look above, there's no one there. And then out of nowhere, the guy pops out the window and he's like, hello. <laughs> but not the guy from the building we were looking at. Oh, it, no. was a, it was a construction building. Yeah. And we were like, hey, do you know the tattoo guy that lives here? And mm. is like, is he open? And he's like, I will give him a call. And <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why I put on an Italian accent there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend it's Portuguese. <laughs> and so the guy gives him a call because apparently they know each other. <laughs> the guy says, oh, yeah, he's asleep. <laughs> it's like, okay, then. Um, he comes down and he's like, I'll be right there. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so he comes down. Again, we have no idea where he's going to come out from. Comes out and he's like, yeah, he won't be in today. <laughs> like oh okay and he's like I can take you to another place though and we're like okay then (laughs) so we just follow this man blindly because he's been nice to us and calling the guy and we're just trying to trust here try to (laughs) believe the best in humans so he takes us back to where our hostel is and then a little bit further up Mm. and we're like okay so we know where us around where we are and stuff like that and then the guy communicates with the new tattoo place being like yep these girls would like a tattoo blah 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 and he makes it happen great which is fantastic and then he like tells us what the price will be and everything like that and yeah so it ended up being very good I ended up getting a tattoo yeah without reading any reviews (laughs) from this place not knowing where I was really and yeah it's a nice tattoo. I've seen it. Yeah, I think I I really like that tattoo. Too. I'll share I'll share it on the Instagram post. But yeah, that was my fun story about trusting a random. I love it. It worked yeah. out well. It worked out well. Could have gone bad, but it worked out well. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's great. What's the best place or trip that you've done so far in your life? Ooh, so hard. I think I've done a few different mm. types of things. It's hard to like not categorize them. I think overall, I think that trip where I did go to Norway as well, before that I'd spent some time studying uh, at a university in the UK and then for a few weeks I did like a summer program and then I did some travel around Europe with friends and then I went on the Norway trip. I think that trip was one of my favorites because it Mm -hmm. had so much variety and a little bit of everything and I met some really cool people um, and did some really cool stuff. I think that one would definitely be up there. I don't know. In terms of places, though, as well, I really loved Canada. Like, did, like, a camping trip through the um, west coast side of Canada. So, like, Vancouver and, mm. like, Banff and stuff. That, that place is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. very stunning. But also, I'm, like, a sucker for, like, warm weather, lie on a beach kind of holiday, too. So, yeah, I don't know. How about you? Can I have a top three? Yeah. I mean, I basically gave you a top three, so <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I reckon my trip to India... Ooh, with my I friend. forgot that you've been uh, to I India. I forget as well. <laughs> this girl's been everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think my trip to India was one of the top just because it was so different to anything mm. I'd ever done before. Um, and again, I did it with Intrepid because I yeah. wasn't sure about my safety and I yeah. just wanted to feel like I was getting knowledge on the trip as well. Mm. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, my trip in South America. So <laughs> the whole of South America <laughs> was fantastic. And I think my trip with my mum in Mexico, we did a road trip um, in the Yucatan region of Mexico and I just loved it because the weather was warm. Mm. We could go wherever we wanted. We didn't have a schedule because we were driving ourselves. 
and there were just so many water activities. <laughs> so it really filled my soul in that aspect. So yeah. they're my top three. What a baller trip to do with your mum too. Yeah. Like just two chicks driving through Mexico. Mm. That's like, that sounds gutsy to me, but like I just think I'm unfamiliar with that part of the world. Yeah. Um, but I think that's so cool that you did that with your mum. And a lot of people told us not to do it mm. because I think the police system there is a yeah. bit corrupted. From what I've been told, I don't actually know. Mm. Um, but we were so fine. Whenever there'd be a police checkpoint, po- they'd just like wave at <laughs> us with big smiles. Yeah. And we'd be like, okay, driving along then. <laughs> um, and everyone was so nice. So, yeah. I highly recommend if you're going to be in that region of Mexico, yeah. the Yucatan where all the cenotes are and um, Tulum and uh, Cancun, everything like that, hire a car. It's yeah. just so much easier than catching public transport. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Travel tips with G and Lena. <laughs> yeah. We're going to share some of ours, but we also put the word out to you guys too. And we're going to share some uh, listener ones too. So thank mm-hmm. you to everyone that contributed. But I've got a little list of four that I'll share with you. Mm-hmm. We can go back and forth maybe. Yeah. One for one. Yeah, let's do it. So my first one is a bit of like a long-winded one, but I think it's really something that I've realized is really important, particularly to me, is I think either spend some time traveling solo Or if you are going to go with friends or partner or family, make sure that you can build in some time to do stuff that really interests you. And that could be like making sure that you have time and um, an agreement with whoever you're with to go off on your own and do like a thing or an activity or, or like a gallery or something that is really sparking your interest or if you're traveling solo obviously like you have a bit more freedom around what kind of things you're doing but I think that's so important because there when you travel like even if you're lucky enough to go back you might only go back to that place like once or you might only be in that place for one day one week of your life and so you don't want to feel like you've missed out or compromised on something um just because of like who you're you're with um, yeah, obviously, like, be safe about it. But um, no, no, I yeah. get that, and you you don't want to end up resenting that person mm. for s- because they stopped you from yeah doing something you love. I think you should go out and do it. I was the same when I went traveling with mum. I was like, I want to go do this really cool underground activity mm. in the caves, and mum was just not wanting to do it. And I was like, yeah. well, I'm happy to go by myself. Yeah, and that was fine. And she spent the day by herself, and that was good. And same when I went to New York with a friend, I mm. wanted to do the High Line, and yeah. she slept in. <laughs> But I still went and did that by myself. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My one is if you're traveling solo to get a hostel, mm. do your research on Hostel World. That's where I found is the best place to look at hostels, what are, what's available, reviews and everything like that. Because you want to pick the hostel that best suits the experience you're after. So if you're wanting partying, meeting people, you want to check reviews if that hostel does pub crawls yeah. or um, does a lot of like group dinners like family Mm. dinners they call them or if you're looking for a hostel that's more peaceful and quiet then you can also look at reviews for that Um, so I think it just do your research on what type of hostel you're after and also your budget but yeah that's my number one tip is to get a hostel because you just meet people and if you're worried about doing things by yourself finding a group of people who are also interested in the same thing as you yeah and you've just made yourself a little gang for the day yeah, absolutely, which I think is a good segue to my second one, which is to be like open to meeting new people 
even if you're traveling with someone from home. I mm. think I, well, at least in my experience, when I've been traveling solo, it's really easy to meet new people. And then it's definitely less easy to meet new people when you're with a friend or a partner from home, but not impossible. I think you just have to kind of be a bit more actively open to that. And whether that's like going to the hostel bar with your partner but inviting someone to like play cards with you or to have dinner with you or asking people um you know what they're planning to do the next day and seeing if you want to go together or something because there are so many unique people both like that live in a place that you're visiting and also that are also visiting and travel is like a good way to make like fast friends and you don't have to be friends for life but that's like meeting new people is such a big part of why I love traveling and um, yeah, I just think be open to it. Yeah. I think I'm very close-minded in that respect. Mm. I think when I'm traveling with someone, I'm not open as open yeah. to meeting new people because I'm like, I want to enjoy my time with them. But you're right. I should be more <laughs> open to it because yeah, it's not, you don't have to be lifelong friends. No. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like every part of your trip centered around meeting new people but even if it's just like one night that you end up having a conversation with someone and or even like when me and Sam were in Hawaii at the end of last year you know obviously there with the two of us and we were staying in a lot of hotels so it's a bit harder to meet people but one night we went out to dinner and we ended up having such a beautiful heartwarming conversation with one of the waitresses at the restaurant because it was a quieter restaurant she had her break and she actually like came over and talked to us because she was intrigued by the fact we were from Australia and she was like thinking about spending a gap year there and that was like one of like that's a beautiful memory that both me and my partner have but it was because we like were open to meeting someone else we weren't like oh sorry we're we're just gonna talk to us sorry yeah don't want to talk to anyone Mm. yeah so hmm yeah, when you put it like that, <laughs> it makes me be like, oh, yes, you can do that. <laughs> My next tip is to spend money on experiences. I'm a big believer that money on materialistic things when you're traveling isn't a big, isn't really a big value of mine. But experiences, however, I'm a big believer in. So I got to do polo in Argentina, the deaf road biking that I mentioned earlier, sandboarding, all those types of things I think are worth your money because they add value to your life and you can look back on them and be like, oh my God, I did that really cool thing that I'm not going to get to do back in my normal life at home. Mm. Um, So I'm a big believer in look at what those experiences might be and spend your money on them. Yeah, absolutely. That is basically my third one as well. So I might combine three Mm. and four that I have because they're kind of in a similar vein where I think I wrote down, yeah, spend money on unique experiences and food. <laughs> food is so important. Because it's so worth it. I think there are like, yeah, like you said, material things, you you know, you can get a lot of that stuff at home, but food from a place that's like unique to there or something, even something that they just do really well, like so worth it. And if you can combine those two two things, food and experience, even better. Like oh, yes. highlight of when I was in Canada, I went on like a food tour of a market in Vancouver. And I think it was on the expensive side, like I maybe paid like 60 Australian dollars for it, but it was all morning and all we did was fucking eat. And it was so good. <laughs> we did the same thing in India. We went on a food tour that was like extra on top of the tour. Mm. And we were like, fuck it, let's do it. Because when yeah. are we ever going to like buy these things for ourselves yeah. because we don't know about them? Yeah. And this, yeah, same thing. It was like this market and they took us around. They had like special platters of stuff from different market storeholders that were prepared for us. There was like a freaking maple glazed donut that mm. like got cooked in front of us. I still have dreams about that donut. So worth it. That was worth the $60 just oh, for yeah. the donut. 
the food is always worth it. Yeah. 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 My next one is to get an up bank card. Now this is Australia only, so <laughs> I'm sorry, but up bank is a type of bank and there's no transaction fees overseas. Mm. So I think that's a big win. And I know a lot of bank cards now have that too, but that's the one that I use and that's the one I've been using traveling and it is fantastic. So when you're paying by card, you're just doing the exchange rate and that's it. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. yeah that's cool. That's my tip. I like it. My last tip is if you're going to buy a souvenir, which you know you might like to do while you're traveling, I reckon always buy like art from a place, even if that art is like literally like a postcard that's done by a local artist or something that represents the place you are and you can just like blue tack it to your fridge or the wall. Because I think nowadays like you can basically buy everything either in the country you live at or online. Like I know when my mum first travelled overseas to the US, she like bought a lot of things for her family like jelly belly for her brother and stuff because you like couldn't get that in Australia so it was unique but nowadays like you can get that stuff here Mm. or you can buy it online really easily but you can never get like a little local artist that you like don't even know the name of and are never gonna see again you can't get like their thing that then also represents your time in that place and my like wall above my desk at home is literally just like plastered with different little like postcards or stickers and stuff from places I've traveled yeah. and it makes me happy to look at them yeah it's so much more special I think yeah, yeah. and you're supporting a local business yeah exactly that's yeah. right and uh, my last one is a bit of a serious one but just make <laughs> copies of important documents, passports, visas, vaccinations, whatever it may be. I say this, it's never happened to me, touch wood, huh? <laughs> and I've, I've never lost anything. But in terms of like some places ask you to put a deposit of like identity or something like mm-hmm. that. And when you're not too sure, just don't give your real passport, give yeah. a copy, yeah, <laughs> give a paper copy of it. So they're like, yep, that's fine. It's little things like that. So that's my, I think that's one of my biggest tips is just make copies of your important documents. I, we always do that too and leave a copy with family or friend in Australia as well so that if you, um, you know, heaven forbid something was to happen to you or you did lose important documents, they at least have copies and can like, you know, tell embassies like this is like their passport number, this is what they look like or that they can tell you that information if you need it somewhere else too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good one. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about some listener tips that have been sent in. Gee, do you want to start off with the first one? Yeah, I'm interested in this one. (laughs) It says, pack an extra lightweight bag for day adventures. What is an extra lightweight? Does that mean extra light or like have two bags? (laughs) I think this listener meant two bags. Oh, okay. I think, I think they meant like, because the way they explained it to me when I asked a little bit further <laughs> is they have, they're a backpack traveler, so they don't yeah. usually have a check-in bag. Ah. Um, and in that bag, they pack an extra like day bag where they can put their water bottle yeah. and like little things that they take on day adventures with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no. that's their tip there. I like it. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, um, and maybe a little bit more female centric, but I always have like a small version of that too. So that if you're like going out to dinner, you don't have to take like a backpack day Mm. pack with you. You could just take like a bum bag or like a little over the shoulder handbag or something. Yeah. The next one is to spend money on 
fancy, and I put this in quotation marks, fancy or fancier places for the beginning and end of your trip. <laughs> um, so this listener is very big on like, it's really nice that after getting off a really long flight yeah. that you have like a nice Airbnb for the first night Ooh. of your trip or like a nicer hostel, like somewhere where you can like be like, oh, and I can take a nice hot shower and like be ready for your holiday. Mm. Um, and same thing at the end of your trip where you've done this amazing traveling where it's been go, 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 go. And you're ending with like, wow, that was a really good trip. And now I'm like settling back in and like ready to take a nice hot shower again, ready for my long flight home. I really like that one. Yeah. That's good. I like that one too. Mm. I've always heard of like doing a nice place at the end, mm. but at the beginning is kind of also really smart. That's true. Especially like for us Australians that a lot of overseas travel yeah. is far away. When I flew to Canada, I, it's like a 15 hour flight to LA and then I flew like another three hours to Vancouver and then I was staying in a, a 12 bed hostel in yeah. a bunk bed and I slept like a baby anyway because I was fucking tired, but I, yeah, I'm like, damn, yeah, some, like right. a double bed just for one night yeah. to just like a zonk on to would have mm. been good. It's what I did in the Maldives because I mm. came a night early and I had just like a nice hotel room to myself and it just really made me feel a lot more centred. Yeah. 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 Nice. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Wear dungarees with a big pocket at the front to easily access passport and phone. I like. It's genius. It's smart. <laughs> I think the only problem... I wonder is if you lean, have you ever worn dungarees and like you lean over and then everything just like spills out of the baby pocket? (laughs) But would you wear it in your like kangaroo, like a kangaroo pocket, like on your stomach area? I like, I also have a funny photo that we'll share on Instagram too, because I I, uh, didn't use my big dungaree pocket for my passport or phone, but I did use it to carry cans of beer around. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is to go with enough money that you can do things that you really want to with. Mm. Okay, so I think this listener meant in terms of if there's something experience wise you really want to do, not having enough money to do it is a real bummer and you'll regret it. Yeah. Yeah. That's something my dad has said to me once before as well. Like the first time he traveled overseas, he was like very young and didn't really have that much money, but he was very desperate to go and travel. And so he had like enough money to pay for like his accommodation and he's like, plane ticket but he didn't have that much money there to actually engage with where he was Mm. and he said that was like a shame he wished he'd been like maybe a little bit more patient and saved a bit more money so that he could have done more stuff and not lived off two dollar slices of pizza yeah (laughs) and that's I think that's my biggest thing missing out on food like I don't want to and say when I go to Thailand I don't want to miss out on food not that I think I will because Thailand's pretty cheap but you know yeah yeah (laughs) nice uh this is a good one too I think particularly if you're doing like a big long extended period of travel this listener said give yourself downtime to chill travel can be exhausting especially when socializing and meeting people which I think is important yes I think that's so important I think I'm a very go 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 traveler (laughs) and that catches up to me and I'll be like oh I'm really tired now and so I think scheduling like an hour or two between your day activity and your night activity where you can just have some downtime Mm. is so important yeah absolutely especially if you're more on the introverted side like I know my partner, he just needed that downtime, even when it was just the two of us mostly. <laughs> he was just like, I need some quiet for you to be quiet. <laughs> I think that'll be me in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. Next one is to save more money than you think you'll need. So you never know when you might need that extra money. Mm. And I think like in case of an emergency 
or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. In case you miss your flight to Berlin. In case you miss your flight to Berlin because you got a bit too merry the night before. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And um, the last one is, and this is a particularly good one if you're going places like Europe where there, there's a lot of hostels, mm. that's mostly where young people um, will end up staying and stuff. Free walking tours at hostels. Free is usually in quotation marks because you usually get to the end and the tour guide is like, oh, it's time free, for but time to tip me, whatever you feel like, but I would love 20 euro. Um <laughs> Never pay them 20 euro. That is far too expensive for a free tour. But you would have to pay a little bit. But that said, really valuable asset, especially if you're going to be somewhere for a few days, jump on the free walking tour when you start um, to help orientate yourself about like uh, what the city's like, maybe some key attractions you want to go and pay to visit or go revisit. Um, and also where your hostel is in relation to those things is really is really good. And most hostels in Europe offer something like that. Yeah, I think it's so important. It's like the first activity I do. Oh, I loved this episode. Yeah, I'm going to use some of those tips too. Thank you, listeners. Yeah, me too. Recommendations of the week to wrap up? Yes. You go first. I got a book. I'm back with the books. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Yeah, this one is a good one, I think, for your 20s. It, look, it might not be for everyone. I feel like I, I love a bit of like philosophical musing over like big life questions like love. <laughs> and this book I'm reading at the moment is called Conversations on Love. It's by Natasha Lunn, who's a British journalist. And it's just a collection or an anthology, I think you would might call it, of different pieces of advice or conversation kind of style writing on people's um, experiences and things with love. So it covers like a big spectrum of, you know, romantic love, long-term relationships, friendship, platonic love, family love. She talks a lot about like the relationship with her long-term partner changed when they started trying for a baby and then had um, a miscarriage and things like that. I think it's just like a nice, beautiful way to reflect on um, what love means to you Mm. and your life as well as what it means to other people. So I'm really enjoying that one. That sounds like my type of book. I think you'd like it, yeah. Yeah. My recommendation this week is the French Film Festival. Now, when this episode goes live, (laughs) I think there will be like a day left of the French Film Festival. Um, which is just so typical of me because every Mm -hmm. year I miss it. Um, But this year I did actually go see one and I just think it's a great way to see films from different cultures and there is the Italian Film Festival as well that's coming. But I just highly recommend doing more things that are on in Melbourne. I was having a chat to a friend last night, just how we live in this amazing city Mm. and there's always so many things on and it's just nice to not just sit at home. So French Film Festival, yeah, highly recommend. Absolutely. We're very lucky in Melbourne. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff. Shall we wrap it up there? Yeah. Yeah. Nice work. (laughs) Nice work, team. (laughs) We hope you enjoy the rest of your week and have a beautiful day. Yeah. And I hope um, you get the chance to do some travel this year if that's on your your radar and use our tips. Yeah. And let us know where you go. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded at the Victorian State Library on Rwandari land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.